Well, we're in. Welcome to episode 723. Uh, we're having major technical difficulties, but uh, please comment. Let us know if you see any problems as we roll through this show. We didn't have a rundown or anything because we had echo issues and all this stuff. Uh, definitely have problems. Effects of overprotective parents and the science behind it. I have it all, and we're going to cover that tonight. Uh, welcome to the show, El Rojo. How are you doing, buddy? Rojo! What up, what up? What up, what up? Uh, Jack has big hair and he has the sniffles. Yeah. Like allergies, which is typical for him. But anyways, um, yeah, Jack's going to the Air Force this weekend. And uh, you have three games this week? Yeah. Who do you play tomorrow? La Jolla. La Jolla home. Then Castile and Barada. Castile? Oh, you're home for Castile as well. Yeah, we're home for Verado as well, too. No, you're away for Verado. You sure? Yeah, because we're home for the Salad game. Oh, okay. Which we'll talk about right now. So uh, Millennium has a Salad game, and we have no sound on. what we, can, we can't hear the sound on anything we play, but you, the listener, can. So let's just roll through this. So um, Lonnie has sell a game, and uh, last year uh, it was like craziness, a ton of people, a lot of work, and um, so much so Carmen and I decided to get high on helium. So we got high on helium. It was awesome. Um, very uh, big game this Wednesday for the Millennium Girls Tigers. Uh, we're playing Verado this Wednesday. And what the flip? We got Jet taking a bath right above us? Comment. Let us know. Can you hear that? Flip. That is loud. Yeah. Thanks for the bath, Jet. Uh, he takes too many baths. I don't know what's up with that. Did your children take baths? You're you're bathing in your own filth. It's disgusting. Like what what are we accomplishing there other than you're floating? I, I don't get it. It's disgusting. You should be shower completely, take care of, clean, and then put um Calgon chemicals or whatever you put in the bathtub, and then go to town and then just enjoy it that way. Then float, but don't float in your own filth. Disgusting. Are you parents? Are you the parent? Feel the need to scream at referees, influence call for your little baby? Do you? Well, there's science behind that, what makes parents go crazy and cause um, a scene. And then by the time the scene is over and, and all that, it's too late. You're in jail or whatever, but or you're on camera and you're viral as a Karen. But we're going to talk about all that. But please comment. Let us know. Are, are you a parent or... Are you a, have you ever experienced that where you're a parent or you've seen parents that just lose their forever loving mind 
um, because their baby was got kicked or the referee didn't make the right call and you had to throw a fit. We have video of parents losing it. We're going to have all of that. Um, but back to Millennium, we have a Millennium Sale game. And these girls are awesome. I'm going to show you a video of uh, our a big game we had against Canyon View and how they enjoyed it. it, it they get a little loud, so protect the ears. He said we could finish. Oh. Okay. Amazing. It was awesome. Okay. Um. Uh, G. G. How do you feel about um, playing in our in your very first William game next next week or no this week Thursday? I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the Tigers. Those girls, number two in the state, by the way, uh, undefeated in AIA play. We did suffer a loss to Flagstaff 3-2, um, but that was during Christmas break and we we're missing like six starters. But we play Monday. We're away at La Jolla. And then uh, Wednesday, it's we play Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Jack. Wednesday we have the – isn't that's, Yeah, that's, what, that's how the boys are too. Yeah, Wednesday you're at Verado. No. It, it, put put the put put the picture up of the Sala game. It's the first one up. The, mm, Isn't it on there? Oh, oh, it's right here. Oh, I put it in the wrong spot. Yeah, when is that? January twenty sixth. Fifth. Fifth. That's Wednesday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wednesday Sala game. Dollar to get in, per the usual, for our Sala games. The record for us is twenty three seventy six. Um. So. 
2,376 fans showed up to watch the uh, uh, Millennium Tigers. Uh, we've had three games over 1,000, and the record is 2,326. Something like that. Uh, support the Tigers, and they're good. They're fun to watch. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about the diversity in U.S. women's soccer and Brian McBride gets fired. And we're going to close out with the psychological effect of parents who are overprotecting their children. What happens in the science? And some of you might not realize it. And I, and I get it. I've been there, done that. Probably not the extreme that some of you guys do. But um, yeah, share this episode. Like it. Subscribe. Uh, definitely comment. Help the algorithm so this video can penetrate to the souls of all the parents that ruin the game of soccer for all of us. So there's many reasons parents shouldn't be overprotective. The psychological effects of overprotective parents can be significant. The most notable one is it that it hurts children's uh, growth and development into well-adjusted independent adults. Here are the different ways of the harms that manifest, which we're going to discuss all of that. There's like 21 things that happen to children that is uh, just dangerous form. And we have the science with 26 references from um, science books, we'll say, because we believe in science, all science, except Fauci science, but we believe in science. But if you're an overprotective parent, this is what happens eventually. You lose your mind and you tackle the referee, which is crazy. From the NPR, U.S. women's soccer tries to overcome its past lack of diversity. Are you diverse? I'm diverse because I know many things. I don't even know what I am. I'm like 25% Hispanic. I got Scottish. I'm uh, Caucasian. Um, I don't know. German. I got a lot of things. I'm diverse, but I don't look diverse, so therefore I don't count for anything. Crystal Dunn was often the only black girl on her on her youth soccer clubs and even when she finally made it to the national team she did her own hair and makeup for photo shoots because there was someone set up for me wow the u.s ah, megan megan's always here i don't have the music for it jack but they have it and i don't know when to get rid of her i would just get rid did we time that right we can't hear the audio of what's going on. So let us know. Do we smash Megan Rapino at the correct time of the music as she disappeared? I don't know. We have a glitch here, but it's not affecting you. So that's good. Um, so while she was on the U.S. national team, uh, she said it'll become more representative. Dunn says there's still work to be done. That starts with making sure young women of color feel included all the way down to the youth level. I had very supportive parents who explained that to me. This is okay. You are still welcome in this sport. And just because they aren't many people that look like you, this is still your game, Dunn said. That support was key to her success because honest, honestly, at the end of the day, it's pretty lonely to feel like you're the only one in the space. And it's not. Uh, it does not feel as if you belong. Oh, no. I, I won a world championship. I won the World Cup, and I didn't feel right. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. So am I canceled now? We're talking about diversity, and you won the World Cup. So what are we doing? Now, when we stop winning World Cups on the women's side, 
and we talk about diversity, but I agree there is a diverse diversity problem in uh, youth soccer. So I agree with that. But when it comes to the World Cup, we, we're going to change the whole roster uh, because it has to be uh, players of color versus good. Can we just be good? Am I wrong? Am I, am I not sympathetic to this? Or I'm a racist. I think I'm a racist. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I just, how about just pick a team based on talent? Why not? Shouldn't we do that? No, we, we need to play to the social justice warriors of all the nut jobs that want to cancel you for nothing. Uh, and I'll stop right there. Cancel me from the inquire.org. U.S. soccer dismisses U.S. men's national team general manager Brian McBride uh, as, a, as a sporting director. Ernie Stewart received complaints from Claudia Reyna, their former U.S. teammate, over the lack of playing from Claudia's son, Gio, at the recent World Cup. So the best thing to do is get rid of Brian McBride. What? Brian McBride's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And, um, yeah, we're still talking about the Burhalter thing. This is just insane. Ernie Stewart should be fired next. They're all connected. In my opinion, they all kicked uh, Burhalter's uh Girlfriend, now wife. They all kicked her because they didn't say anything. Cancel. We need more diverse uh, coaches that kick their wives. We just need more of that because you can't just not have any of them. You need to be equitable in what we do. I don't know. None of that makes sense. But let's get on to why you tuned into the show. I'm assuming um, here is the cause and effects of these crazy parents that overprotect their children. From parentingforthebrain.com. Effects of overprotective parents, worry and anxiety. This is what happens when you overprotect your children. Starting with one, worry and anxiety. Worry is a recurrent, dysfunctional, uh, and rigid form of negative thinking that is often primary sign of generalized anxiety disorder. Studies have consistently found that overprotected children are more prone to worry and anxiety. Before I go further, here are references that. Um, that I'm covering tonight. So this everything's referenced. Go uh, Jack show reference one. Just take a look and you can go back in the video, but look where this document, they come from doctors, scientists, well-published groups. Go to reference two. There's um, more. Go to reference three. So 26 references from reliable sources. So this is what I'm covering. So this is not about creating something. This is real science. If you believe science, you will uh, pay attention. So uh, overprotective parents may overparent their children because of their own bias towards threats, increased perceptions of danger, and elevated sensitivity to their children's distress. The parents' constantly high stress levels remind their children of danger and cause anxiety for them. Lack of coping skills. Parents. You got a bubble wrap there, Jack. Yeah. Uh, parental overprotection can undermine a child, child's development of independent coping skills. To learn effective coping strategies, children must learn to adapt to difficult situations. Some exposure to risk and challenging experiences allow children's coping mechanisms to mature. These are resilient life skills that weather future unhappiness, adversity, failures, and heartbreaks. However, overprotected children are not afforded these opportunities. They're in a bubble 
away from the real world, shielded from the hurtful realities of life, and we're going to ruin those poor kids. Now, to the point, your sons and daughters will grow up and behave like this. that's what happens. Parents that protect their children in all cases that have to meet with the coach, say, coach, why is my kid playing? I want my kid to play. How dare you bench my child? I'm going to throw a fit and I'm going to protect my child at all costs. They'll end up being very angry and they will be kind of be different. Uh, they're going to cause problems and grow up and beat up referees. And then we won't have any referees, which will be amazing. And uh, yeah. So the next thing is social anxiety and phobia. Overprotectiveness conveys to the child a sense that the world is dangerous. It's dangerous. Kick the referee. It reinforces avoidance and keeps children from engaging in social situation, uh, situations, restri restricting the opportunities to build friendships and learn social skills. Children raised with overprotecting parents tend to have less competent social skills. That's a problem. So don't do it. Let your kids fail. Let them go through life. Don't try to give them everything and scream at referees and the coaches and all those things um, because then you'll create a fearful of failure. The double F. Overprotective parents go out of their way to make sure their children don't fail. They rescue their children quickly and provide them with unnecessary assistance, often without being asked. Uh, they uh, lost my space because I was checking if the audio was on, and it was. Um, where was I? Oh, fearing failure, hurt, or rejection. They are reluct reluctant to kick get out of their comfort zone to try something new. The child may shy away from opportunities. Instead of navigating hardship and solving problems on their own, these children become dependent on their parents. Their unwillingness to spread their wings and fly prevents them from becoming competent individuals. Next, depression and psychological well-being. Children raised by un or overprotective parents are more likely to suffer from depression. Yeah, that's a problem. Might not want to do that. Other thing when you're that overbearing parent, low self-esteem and self-motivation. Besides high occurrence of anxiety and depression, overprotective children also have lower 
self-esteem and confidence in their ability to solve everyday problems. So Jack, question for you. So sometimes I come off as a horrible father. Um, and you're like, you're like scared to ask me things like what, what's up? Why, why aren't you, you like say some things and be like, eh. how, how do you, you know, we, we didn't, this is not a run through. This is live. Uh, what goes in your hot, your head, Jack, with me? It seems like you're scared of me half the time. Um, I don't think what? I'm scared. I, I just don't think I care that much. Like, Oh, you care. No, I don't think you're I care a big, that much. Oh, stop it. You care about a lot of things. So like, okay, so when you uh, cry about your games, like the referee or the kid fouled you, what's kind of my response? Um, like after the game or? Yeah. After the game, you start talking about the Oh, game. you don't care, right? Like you don't. I don't know. I'm asking you. What's your perception? What I think doesn't matter. It's not an answer. I'm curious, like, do you remember or are you so messed up with my, uh, thoughts you can't you just block it out like like just car ride home you'll you, you'll say something like dude we we could have won that game if i played this position or if the referee didn't make that call you know kind of thing you know how you like recap the game yeah me? yeah and what's my response typically it's it's like um do i agree with you you don't agree or disagree you don't like i don't know i don't know Ask me a question. A give me, question. give me. It's not a weird question. It's a weird question. So it, like anytime you're like, dude, if I, I had a, if that referee didn't make that call at the right time, I, you know, we would have won the game or whatever. I, my response would have been, well, you should have scored on the five other opportunities you had. Or like uh, that referee wasn't making any calls and or he was one sided or whatever. And I would say, well, you should avoid getting tackled or something like that. I never blame the referee. I never blame, uh, you know, the situation. I just say, well, you should have done better. You should have figured a way out, control your emotions kind of thing. It, man, you black me out. I, I'm, I'm pretty consistent on not wanting to talk about the game because you need to get better. I think I'm getting better. No, you are getting better, yeah. but I'm never going to be in a situation where I'm like, Oh Yeah. You know, if if the ball only bounced that way, if if only you had, uh, you know, like, yeah, whatever. I said, I always put it on you. I'm like, deal with it. I'm a horrible parent. I don't sympathize with my son. I let my my wife do that. My wife coddles my children, and then I beat them down with emotional destruction, which is a lot better than being overprotective. Disagree? Comment. Let me know. Am I a horrible parent? I might be. I'm not perfect. I'm close, but not overprotective. My wife, eh, she's protective to a certain degree, but that's what mothers do. Are you a mother that just, you know, it, it, mothers have that like instinct, like protect my child. Don't let them have emotional distress. Mom, mom worries about that. Like she's worried about your emotions. And I'm like, dude, freaking man up. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Comment. Am I too mean to my son? Or do we have a nice little mix where my wife, you know, kind of coddles Jack and Jet, and I kind of smash them so they get used to life? I don't know. There's no perfect answer, but I definitely don't go to your coaches or any, anything about complaining about playing time or a different system. And have you, have you, uh, uh, or yelled at, at a kid on the sideline? He, he needs a red card. He's, he's a dirty player kind of thing. I don't do that. Next thing to move on, uh, when you're over protecting your child, 
they become a bullying target. Overprotective parents is associated with high degrees of bullying experienced by the child in schools. Overprotective children are often th- uh, treated as younger than their age. They are, uh, they are dealt with like little children and not allowed to engage in rough play, assertion, exploration, or risk-taking activities necessary for the development. So therefore, they can't really defend themselves. They become indecisive. Children f- from overprotective households are indecisive. Kids need the opportunity to protect decision-making, but overprotective children are never allowed to make their own decisions in their own life. With no practice or preparation, they grow up not knowing how to make major decisions because mommy and daddy will come to the rescue. For example, a college student who, who perceives their, ch- their parents as overprotective experiences more career indecision than those who have found their parents more encouraging of their independence at childhood. Next, entitlement and was it maladaptive narcissism? Studies have shown that the parent overprotection is association with narcissism in young adults. The extreme level, like those crazies going after referees, that's what your children become. The extreme levels of responsiveness, help and intervention from protective parents teach their children that they are exceptionally important they are always worthy of intensive care and attention from others. Therefore, these children may feel tight, entitled to things they haven't earned. Psychologists have found that their parental responsiveness is not giving an age-appropriate levels to the child. Adult child is more likely to develop pathological narcissism traits. So it, I'm going to show you that. When I'm talking like, here's an overprotective parent, or you're going to see a lot of them in this video we're about to show. Um, so there's this high school game, and a goal was scored, but a secondary ball was hit on the field. Like the ball boy accidentally threw the ball on the field. It barely got on the field, which you're not going to see the video, but it's very clear what happens. And a goal is scored, and they're complaining there was two balls on the field. That's illegal. Look at the rule book. And they go nuts. So there's, um, we're going to show you the, uh, the first video of them losing their minds. And then we're going to show you another video that has some F-bombs. I bleeped them out the best I could. So uh, keep your kids from these videos. But anyway, so show the verse, first video, Jack. So there's two balls on the field. They must deal with that. The assistant coach ran, runs on the field, gets a card. He couldn't believe it. there was two balls. Did you see it was Ray on the sideline? Of course he didn't see it. He's watching the, the game, and he didn't see the ball trickle on the field. That's two balls. It can't be a goal. That's just a joke. What you should deal with as parents, how about your goalkeeper save it? How about your son uh, defend better and not worry about a ball that barely got crossed over the line? Who cares? Deal with it. Keep playing and make sure you're – you're preparing your kids uh, in real life. There's always controversy in soccer. If you watch the World Cup, it's controversy. Controversy, controversy. So take 
opportunities to take care of the situation at hand with the, the opportunities you will have. Make that shot. Make that extra pass correct. Uh, pay attention to your emotions. And these parents lose their flipping minds. Now, this next video, you're going to watch this guy. He just F-bombs like crazy. Doesn't get kicked out, but there's like five F-bombs. I bleeped him out the best I can. So if there's an F-bomb, I'm sorry. Get your children out of the way. Those parents lost their mind. They wanted the referee. They're blaming the referee. That's why they lost. Versus your child didn't work hard enough in the backyard to develop technique to make sure they're successful on the field. When is it okay? Comment. Let me know. When is it okay for your child to deal with adversity? It's kind of like you getting upset as a mother or father because a penalty kick was called uh, against your team and your child is the goalkeeper. You should be excited for your child because it, your child gets an opportunity to defend a, a PK. Do you never want them to go through that process? We're talking youth soccer here. You, do you not want your child to be in those situations where you want to wait till it's college or pro or whatever your dreams and aspirations are? That repetition matters. Failure matters. Success matters. But you can't have it if you don't allow it. Do you not? understand that you must have the victory so much you have to win that game and again it might have been a playoff game or whatever it doesn't matter when your emotions go crazy guess what the players emotions go crazy and then then they can never solve on their own to find a way to deal with adversity and overcome things the greatest athletes in the world overcome uh, 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 overcome situations that seem difficult stay focused and find a way to win it, what, what, when's that process can be allowed? We never allow it. And you wonder why we can't produce players at the levels we used to and the rest of the world's catching up. You wonder why. This is where we're at. And I'm talking about all sports. NBA. Who, who's that guy in the Dallas, that freak? That, oh, Luca Doncic. Yeah. It, what the flip? How, how's he just show up and just start dominating our league? Well, probably because everyone's protected. No one's allowed out. And we had a comment by uh, someone talking about no one plays on the streets anymore. Of course, we're not allowed to play in the streets. 
You're putting all these comments in, right? So great comment. The kids aren't playing on the street. Well, they can't because they can't go outside. They might get kidnapped. Well, probably in our neighborhood, but even in the nice neighborhoods, you, you, you can't, you can't go out. I mean, shoot. When I was a kid, I'm, I was on a bus at like 12 years old with a skateboard traveling all over. My parents had no idea. You know what? We talk about the latchkey child. The latchkey child is, has an an advantage right now uh, over flipping parents at home and just making sure these kids don't get hit by a car. We have a little dog in our neighborhood. You know, that little chihuahua thing. It's this little thing. It runs through the neighborhood. I'm like, that thing's going to get ran over. Still hasn't though. It's kind of weird. It's like five years. It's like a cat. Yeah. This is a little dog. I see it all the time. And it's almost like a pigeon, you know, it somehow avoids all the cars. And that dog is still alive. I am shocked. So if that Chihuahua can survive in my neighborhood without getting run over by a car five years, running through the streets and all that stuff, it's crazy. I don't know who feeds it. I have no idea whose dog that is. We call it Latchkey. Um, that is a Latchkey dog and still alive. Looks fit. We need we need more we need soccer to be like that we need sports to be like that leave the, let the kids go they all have cell phones you can track them put a little tracker in them there you go and then once your children does get abducted you can find them on GPS all right next thing is functional somatic sy- symptoms overprotected adolescents are more likely to develop functional somatic symptoms uh, often called FSS. The most prevalent FSS in children and teenagers are pain, fatigue, and gastrointestinal problems. Oh, my word. I had that. I didn't have pain or fatigue, but I had gas problems a lot. So much so, uh, I had to call the ambulance to come get me, and then they just gave me Maalox, and I was fine. That was an expensive bill. Uh, Delinquency is the next one. One of the most damaging aspects of overprotected Overprotection is when it's combined with low care, emotional neglect, parenting. Ooh, I do give you emotional neglect. When overprotective parents expert high control or exert high control and low emotional responsiveness, they are authoritarian parents. Researchers have consistently found that the parents' method is closely linked to the adolescent's delinquency, depression, and personal personality disorder. That's a problem. And all these references. 26, you can go back through the show and look at all the references. It is a big problem. We have to be a little more intelligent how we deal with things. Now, the two videos we showed you with the parents losing their mind, soccer stresses me out, totally stresses me out. Because when I when I go to uh, Jets games, practices are fine. When I go to Jets games or any youth soccer game, I'm like, it's especially being the coach. It is so stressful because the parents get so into it. There's some ugh, versus just chill out, let the process happen and let them fail. Let them learn. But you know, it's, it's a problem. Comment. Let me know if you've seen a child that when they make a mistake, they look towards their mom or dad. Have you seen that? Well, there's your indicator. That's a problem. <gasps> Dad, mom, dad, did you see my mistake? What do I do? That's a problem. Call CPS. It, it, we have issues with these things. 
soccer should be enjoyable to the point where we just go in and just allow the process. Why is it? Why? Why do we have to win at U five? Why? It doesn't make sense to me. Why can't we just have a game and just chill both sides? And it's so hard to do it. I get it where maybe you have self-control, but then the opposition just rubs it in with those clackers and everything. That's a problem. I don't know what we can do about this. I don't think there's one way to, to fix. I don't think it'd be fixed. I think we're screwed. Um, but I certainly think, you know, if we're going to continue down this path of it, neglect and all that, change the system, change the point system. And I got to move on that. I got to, I got to do my points league and just or tournament and just start educating people and maybe change the game a little bit because we can't keep doing the same thing. Cause it is an absolute joke. I would like to make a comment about pay to play. So there's a lot of confusion about like, you know, people will talk to me and, you know, well, I know I'm part of the problem. Like, what do you mean you're part of the problem? I get, you get paid, get paid for your time. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm done with like, Oh, you know, this whole people getting paid, get paid. It's fine. That's not the problem. The problem is, is we, we take money and then we, we contradict our true values and beliefs. We all know as coaches uh, that the kids need be able to make decisions, pass the ball backwards, uh, focus on technique, not worrying about scoring goals and all that stuff and, and just worry about development and developing everybody versus bypassing the midfield that we always do. And you wonder why we can't produce a messy in this country. And by the way, and I'll get back to pay to play in a second. We have messies in this country. We do. I swear we do. Um, our problem is, uh, and they're, they're born this way. I, I've seen so many that they're just these studs, these, uh, these unbelievable players. I've seen them time and time again. And then eventually as they keep going, all these things we just talked about, it grows into them and they can't compete. And you wonder why, oh, well, they, they used to be good. They used to be dribbles through seven, eight players like little messy. And then, they just stop. They quit soccer or they, you know, mostly can't handle it. And they're just stress and anxiety and all that stuff. It, it built, it compounds out. It's a problem when they are having fun and doing their thing and being natural. Um, great things are happening. We, we don't create midfielders. Why we bypass it. We scream and yell. It's not going to happen. We have messies at like by nine. And then when they get 10, 11, 12, it's gone. Why? Cause we have coaches and parents that ruin everything. Now back to the pay to play. Here, here's pay-to-play problems. Pay-to-play problems is these manufactured ECNL, MLS Next, DA, all these other acronyms, regional leagues, you name it. The, the, everyone's creating these leagues because they want your money. That's pay-to-play. They want that, and we segregate everything into different places. The competition is gone. The whole thought process of really trying to compete for the championship, one championship when you have one championship, one state title, Arizona, I'm just talking about Arizona, one state champion in Arizona, and then you go to regionals and one state champion from region four, where we're at. And then you said one team to nationals, four teams to nationals. And, and it was a true system. And because of that, the soccer community recruited players, scholarship players, and brought people together. When I played on Cisco, I didn't pay anything because they wanted to win. They could I was this fast athlete should have been doing well. I did do football and track and all that. Um, but they paid for me to play. I went to Dallas cup and all these things. I didn't pay anything. 
we paid little to nothing. And it was a, uh, we had, we had players from South Phoenix. We had like a uh, future professional NFL guys. I, I remember when I was playing syndicate, there was three guys that ended up um, division one track athletes and uh, one, one in the NFL. Th- these guys were ridiculous. But when we're in youth soccer, we recruited them or the coach did because that's what it took to, to win. We also had six Tucson kids on our team and we practiced at Salido park. We, we had Hispanic, African, um, uh, white, Asian, we had them all on one team. Diversity, it it just happened to be very diverse because winning mattered. Sports does solve when it becomes winning. It's like it's like watching uh, uh, Jack. What's that show? Um, it, uh, Glory Road, the true story of Glory Road, uh, uh, El Paso School. Uh, I think it's called Texas Tech or whatever. Where they they put uh, five African Americans on the on the court and they won national title first time it's ever been done. Why? Because it was about winning. Winning does bring people together, but you imagine that NCAA they're like, Oh, you know, NCAA division one, we're going to have division one, um, ECNL, you know, only certain people can be part of that. It's a problem. Competition does help at least identifies better talent, but now everything's separated all over the place. There's talent everywhere. I recruit players for Phoenix College. It's hard to find them because there's some good players over here, some good players over there. Why? Because they all get sold to go like, oh, play for them. We'll move you on. We're not, we don't have a ton of good players. We have about five, five uh, uh, families that fund this operation because their kids suck, but they want to feel like they're good. Um, that's why we need you. So they buy you so you can make them look good. And then they end up going to university. And then the, the kid they brought in, uh, tends to be Hispanic out here in Phoenix. Um, no, you're not going. Not going anywhere. Thanks for the help. Get out. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. Believe me, maybe, maybe not. But it is a problem. Competition doesn't exist anymore, and we have too many different things. Pay to play is that. Pay to play is all these fake tournaments, fake everything, fake acronyms, all this stuff. We don't compete anymore, and you're not allowed to play them because you're not part of their league. We're, we're segregated. We got ASA and we got US Club. And we don't play against each other. We get recruited against each other. It's a problem. Hey, Jack, that's my show. What do we got anything to talk about? UTEP. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. UTEP. That was, that was a, a brilliant movie. Watch a movie you haven't. Um, any comments I had to deal with before we go on our way? I don't think so. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Play. Uh, YouTube, that's where I'm promoting. If you haven't subscribed or liked my channel, please do so and hit the notification bell so you know when we're live next time. I'm trying to find a way to go live more. It's not going to happen. But um, we'll be here next Sunday, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Oh, no, we're, we're going to be in, in Colorado. Yeah. <gasps> I'm going to broadcast from the Air Force. I wonder if they'll let me. I'll find out. Um, so I'll be broadcasting from Colorado because me and Jack will be in Colorado. So I hope to be back here next Sunday, 8 p.m. Mount Center time. That is my show. I'm sticking with it. And I apologize to absolutely nobody. See you next week. Goodbye.